When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler and I'm joined once again by Joel Sked. Hello. And we've got our last podcast in our top 12 series looking at each position for players in the Scottish Premiership. So we've done goalkeepers, we've done fullbacks, we've done centre-halves, we've done defensive and centre midfielders, we've done attacking midfielders and now we're doing forwards. So... You ready to annoy Rangers fans again, Joe? Uh, I've been because they've been most vocal. I've been I've been trying to stick up for them, uh, play into their good books. I mean, Celtic fans have may have pissed off this time around. <laughs> oh, no, I'm definitely pissing off Rangers fans again. Oh. <laughs> we'll get we'll cover that when it comes to it. All right, who's your number twelve? My number 12 is I would like to start with an apology because this player uh, I thought now would probably be. Maybe playing for Morton in their their playoff, uh, a Morton a tight uh, a Morton kind of team. So we'd be playing in a, a relegation playoff and maybe scored three goals all season. But no, he has been inducted into my top twelve. I would like to introduce and apologise to Christopher Kane of St Johnston. I knew you were going to say him as soon as you give that intro. I knew it was going to be him. I don't have Chris Kane at all. So yes, um, Chris Kane. I've got one egregious glaring error in this list. I, I believe to just be one egregious glaring error. And it was solely to put Chris Kane, <laughs> Chris Kane in the top 12 because I have, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed watching him. I think he has, in fact, he's been brought into St. Johnston uh, kind of lineup and given more of our responsibility and they've improved. I wanted to give him the rec- uh, recognition. It's, it's fair enough. I just could have thought when I was, I, I don't have a single St. Johnson forward in this list. And, and I kind of, the only one. Yeah, I kind of looked at like, uh, well, I, I kind of looked up the stats for five of them. Mm. And then I kind of, there was there was just two of them. It was Kane and Melamed who I, I, I looked at closer uh, to, to figure out whether they belonged in the top 12. And I just came to the conclusion that 
St. Johnson are a a nice story this season. They've finished fifth in the the league, so they're going to get it Europe regardless. It's good the kind of turnaround they've had. There's certainly a number of talented players in the team. We've kind of covered that in in previous episodes, especially the centre-halves and uh, centre-midfield as well. But when it comes to the forwards, especially for a team that's only scored nine league goals at home all season, it's like... (laughs) It's like Chris Cade is uh, certainly he's done well this season to make himself the undisputed kind of first choice striker at St. Johnson. I mean, usually kind of these days he will start with Melamed in the squad as well. But if they're only playing with one like one proper striker, it will typically be Chris Cade. Could, 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 could I make could I make Chris Cade a notable a notable suggestion or notable mention? And then we'll start our list from now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think it would make more sense. Good, I, good. I think Chris Kane's just like, St. Johnson are a good team and they're a good team overall, but I think they're just, I think their recent, the kind of good reputation they have right now and a lot of goodwill hides the fact that they're a team with five average forwards. And that's yeah, so they, they, they have kind on a couple of them. They, they've, they've rotated and again, it's... With St. Johnson, I think it's their their collective rather than an individual, which uh, kind of propels them uh, to uh, to a higher level. I just think Kane is probably the epitome of uh, your your uh, your Scottish Premiership striker who will chip him a few goals. He'll stretch defences. He'll work hard. He, I think he's quite a. Um, uh, he's quite an intelligent striker. I think he's a, a better technical striker than maybe he's given credit for. I just, I just a better striker all round than certainly we have given him credit for over the years on this podcast. Uh, no striker. I, I looked at. I think I looked most at strikers in any position. I looked at forty-two players. Chris Kane was number one for fouls one per ninety minutes. Yes, I do remember remember that from earlier on the season and his ability to win free kicks, which is which is which is huge for a for a forward. Right. So who's your proper number twelve then? My proper number 12 is Kyle Lafferty. Uh, I have the same. Yeah. I, I, I do oh, have a feeling... Sorry, might, uh, sorry, sorry. I don't actually have Kyle Lafferty oh. at 11. Okay. I've gone for Kyle Lafferty. I mean, he has come into the league late this season, but he's just showing that how much of a talisman he can be when the... F- the front line is basically geared towards getting the best out of him. I think we've seen that at Hearts during his season there. It was that he was pretty much the striker, the focal point. So everything was just aimed towards him. And when it is, I think he, I, I think that gives him, um, I think that makes him feel more comfortable and uh, more confident as well, because you've seen it with both uh, Kelly and uh, Hearts. He takes on shots where you think mm, it's probably not right you're shooting from there, but he's quite accurate with shooting when he does, especially shots that go from right to left with his right foot. So he goes um, goes across across goal. Just the impact he has had on Kelly's season, he has effectively probably saved him for uh, potential automatic relegation. It's going to he is the, going to be the one that's going to drag them out of the the, the playoff against uh, Dundee if they do survive. And I just I, I, I do think that he has. Just properly elevated, elevated Kelly. When the ball goes up to him, it can it can stick. He's just a pest. He's a nuisance, and he can stick the ball in the pokey. Yes, as, uh, as, I, I'm sure you'll tell me how many like his goals per ninety minutes, but it's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, well, he's first uh, yes. in the league. First in the league for goals per ninety minutes. First for outperforming XG. First for uh, aerial percentage of aerial duels won. Uh, 
second for shots per 90 minutes. Basically, if Kyle Lafferty had played like this for the entire season, he'd probably be top three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he would have uh, hit like plus 40 goals. <laughs> it's just too small a sample size. Although he has done it at the Scottish Premiership before, so he does deserve it. So yeah, he's man number 11. Yeah, I mean, you've kind of nailed everything there is to say about Lafferty in terms of just how good a goal scorer he is. There's still other parts of his game that need a but he's not... He's not particularly great at setting up teammates. He's quite a, quite a poor passer of the ball. He, he does give it away an awful lot in, in kind you know, of open you know, play. But it, you know again, that doesn't really matter as much for a forward when they're scoring no. as often as he does. You know what he's bad at is, is like when he when he lays off the ball, he, he almost like he when he lays it off, he kind of hits the ball on the ground and it just slows. It, sl- it slows when it goes to a, a, a teammate and allows opposition players to um, to nip, nip in. But again, I mentioned he's, he's an absolute pest and a nuisance and it'd be a, a pain in the arse to play against. Speaking of somebody who's a pest and a nuisance, my number 12 is somebody who you might have forgotten about or you might have considered and just thought he wasn't good enough. But I wouldn't be surprised if you forgot about him because I don't think he's played in a couple of months because he's been outcast. It's Scott Robinson. Yeah, I did. I, he was on my long list and I've really, really enjoyed watching him this this season, I really appreciate what he's uh, done for for Levy during that fourteen game spell. However, as Martin Day was just absolutely huge, but no, I, uh, I I didn't feel he had the longevity to get into the. Uh, when I say that, get into the the, the top twelve, uh, I'm just going to con- contradict myself when I speak about someone else higher up. <laughs> I should also say as well, I forgot to lay down my ground rules at the start. I've, I've stuck to the same uh, the same rules I gave myself in the last one in that it's only three players from each club. So same. I could have could have maybe put four Rangers players on there. Yeah, so I've got I've got I've got three from each club, uh, which means that nine of my players come from three teams. <laughs> same, same. Like a hosta. Yep. Right, so yeah, uh, Robinson, uh, we just love his versatility, the fact he can play kind of anywhere across the, the front four. And when he's played, I think it's safe to say that Livingston have played a lot of guys as their top striker this campaign, like the, the number nine. I think Robinson's performed the best out of all of them, even even with G. Emmanuel Thomas's kind of recent upturn in form. I still think Robinson was, was the best overall. Uh, just somebody who obviously fights and scraps for everything. Uh, I think I can't remember what it was, but he's like even like stuff like his aerial his aerial percentage is something like thirty percent, which isn't it doesn't put him in the top twelve or anything, but it's still incredible for somebody who must be about what five foot nine. <laughs> like it's that, it's yeah, that. just uh, somebody who works away so hard at the front. Somebody who he shoots well for goal as well. He's got a good shot on him. Uh, doesn't really take on people that often, but he doesn't really give the ball away too much as well. And just somebody who, earlier in this campaign, he really seemed to be the guy who just kind of epitomised Livingston. And maybe no surprise. I mean, the, the dip did start to, to happen before he before he was kind of, before his falling out with Martindale or whatever happened. Uh, but I, I think it's, uh, I also think it's no surprise that they've not been as good since he went out of the team. And... I wanted to reward them. So he was he snuck it at my number twelve. Interesting to see who he ends up at because I thought he announced might be made by a club that they had yeah. signed. I've signed him on a pre-contract, but he's, by all accounts, that seems to be the reason behind him dropping out of the team is that his head may have been elsewhere or ju- uh, been thought to have been elsewhere. Right, who's your number eleven? 
my number 11 is Lauren Shankland. See, I, I didn't have Shankland. I didn't think when, well, as soon as you said Scott Robinson, I was, and then you said you got three, you've got uh, nine players with three different teams. I uh, had the feeling it was Shankland that uh, dropped off. He got on here for, to be fair, I've actually been, I've actually been more impressed with Shankland. Uh, when I watch him, I'm always more impressed with him than I have in my, my mind. Because I remember watching Nisbet, we're kind of watching him last season in the championship. And I always thought Nisbet was a better player and just kind of, uh, going by what's off them at uh, Dundee United and Dunfermline respectively. And then I watched Shankland a wee bit, uh, a bit more clo- uh, a bit closer. I thought, yeah, I've, I think I've underrated him, underappreciated what he, what he does. <laughs> Dundee United, you've talked about before, they're really not set up to bring the best out of him this season. Uh, I think it's been, it's been a bit of a struggle for him. He's not had the impact that I think many of us hoped or expected of him. That being said, he's come up with big moments. A couple of his goals uh, was a goal against St Mirren where he turned on the box uh, from, from a corner. Yeah, and the just, hook shot. The, the hook shot, yeah. And then obviously the goal against St Johnston where he scored from just inside, does it just inside his own half over? Yeah, pretty, over much, Zander- at, pretty much at the dugouts. Yeah, over, over Zander Clark. So that's, it, it kind of both shows Shanklin's qualities, improvisation, improvi- improvisation. However you, speak, however you say that. And yeah, improvisation. Improvisation. This didn't sound right. It both shows that, and uh, but also the difficulty he's had is that he's had to come up with these mental moments to score goals because he's not had a lot of uh, chances to thrive off. But on, on top of that, I, I, I really appreciate what he does outside the box and his all-round, uh, his all-round game. Technically, he's better than I've Given given him credit for in in the past, he's strong. I just uh, I just don't I just don't think United were set up to get the, the very best from. Could he have scored more goals individually, perhaps? But uh, I, I still think he has had a good enough season. For me, it's like he's never played in Scottish Premiership before, and the fact yeah, Dundee United aren't really set up to get the best out of him. But they have been a bit more attacking these days, and just over the course of the campaign, stuff like the fact that he's He's, in terms of the, uh, the percentage of the shots that hit the target, it's not particularly high. Um, it's not like he's, it's not like he's kind of massively overperforming what he what he would do kind of thing with the chances he's getting. He's not really, he's let me put it this way, he's not really putting forward a very strong case himself for for kind of saying like if I was given more service, I would bang in fifty to twenty goals. Uh, and the fact that he's well, he has played in the top flight before, but he's never played the, the top flight as kind of Lauren Shankland, the, the name that it's become. Mm. Uh, like since he started, you know, banging them in every week for Air United and then doing it uh, with Dundee United as well. We, we've seen lots of players, you know, score lots and lots of goals in, in the lower leagues and come up to the premiership, premiership and, or the top flight, I should say, and just not replicate that. And I just, we need to, I think we're all, we're all, including myself, Kind of assuming that Shanklin has that in him and and can do it at the top flight level, and that you know get him in the right environment and it will happen. But when it's coming down to this list and it's like making some tough choices, I just couldn't make that assumption. I, I didn't think that assumption was strong enough to put him in the list um, over guys who maybe bring a bit more to their team when he's not scoring. He is actually. To give him some credit, he's actually been better at that than I thought he would be. If you were to say Lord Shankland would only score, well, I mean, what's he got this season? Eight or nine goals or something like that? 
if you were to say he was only going to score that much, then I would think, oh, Christ, he must he must be toiling completely because you wouldn't think he'd be doing much outside the box. And I think he's actually been better than that than a lot of people expected, but it's still not enough uh, to make up for the lack of goal scoring. And yeah, just the evidence for me just isn't quite there for a top 12 place for him. Right, your number 10, please. Oh, wait, sorry, I'd say my number 11 is Kyle Lafferty, but we've talked about him. Your number 10. My number 10 is... Jermaine Defoe. I have him a bit higher, though. This is this is, is Swetherham is like, where about do I? Where about do I put Defoe? Because he is incredibly talented. Uh, he is just I, I, just a great goal. So he's seen the goal against Celtic most re- uh, recently. Just how easy he made it look. I mean Celtic. Made made it very easy for him, but I, the only reason I've dropped him down a bit is just because his basically his his game time and his importance has brought importance to the team. Yeah, so basically my I basically, I basically not hold that not held that against them. Yeah, so the, so my next two uh, could essentially be the same uh, the, 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 the the same place, but I've uh, chosen uh, Defoe at, uh, at number ten just because I do. Um, I just don't, don't think he's had the... Uh, he's not really had to ha- have the impact that uh, maybe he had he required of him um, previous season just because of uh, other signings by Rangers. But you have to have Defoe in just because he is uh, just a, a great player, intelligent striker. And in terms of the, the greater... Not just what happens on a Saturday, the greater, um, almost the greater good of Rangers. He's huge because he is uh, uh, a, a great presence to have around uh, around the team and for like Kamar Roof and Alfredo Morales to kind of learn off. So, how close was it? So, I limited myself to the three players. So it was a choice between um, Defoe and Cedric Etten for me. How close did he come to your consideration? No, I was default all day. <laughs> I think Etten could do even more. He's bigger. He's uh, he does more outside the box. He could kind of move with the, the the ball a bit better in open play. Um, I think there's I think there's a player there. I'll be interested to see if he does next season. If he if he's given a bit more responsibility by Rangers, like say if if Morelos is sold, for instance, and then mm. maybe don't bring in somebody of that kind of calibre, and then Etten might get more of a chance. Uh, but yeah, Defoe just scores. It's just much more of a goal threat, and that just kind of matters so much more. Yeah, that's it. There's, there's, there's something. I do think there's something in there, something to be worked off, uh, worked on in, in netting. And uh, when I think when he was signed, him, mean, he was kind of this season a, a utility player, uh, a squad player, and I think he's, he's probably his presence will grow at Rangers. But yeah, like I said, Defoe score goals is quality. He, on talent alone, he could he should probably higher up the higher up the list. But again, him and the person who I have in ninth, just the the fact that their impact on their team wasn't uh, wasn't what was required or that they produced. Um, my number ten. I originally had it at nine, and the only reason I dropped him to ten is because if I had him at nine, literally every single one of my players from nine to one. Would have been from three clubs, <laughs> so I just I changed it slightly so there was just <laughs> one variant there. So my number ten, who was originally my number nine, is Christian Deutsch. Okay, I have I've, I've got him. Um, I've just got my wee bit higher. 
So Doidge is not the quickest of players, but somebody who's got a deceptively kind of decent technique for a, a guy who looks a bit lumbering. He's good in the air. He's very selfish, uh, selfless player. Uh, not selfish, literally the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does a lot of uh, good running off the ball for his teammates. He, he does a lot of, he's happy to play the facilitator, playing like through balls. He, he reads the game very well. And uh, he's supposedly a very nice man as well. And while goal scoring has kind of dropped off a cliff from this year, he's still got himself into chances. He just kind of hasn't really maybe had as much of the luck in front of goal as he did last season. Uh, so maybe so probably shouldn't hold that too much against him, but certainly still a very good player, despite the fact that he's, he's maybe struggled a bit for, for goals this season. Yeah, so the reason I've dodged a wee bit higher, I just I do think he is... He's, he's one of those players who makes makes the team better. I think Hibs are better uh, as a unit when he's in or as an attacking force when he's in. He brings the best, uh, better. He brings more out, I should say, more out of the Nisbet and Boyle. And I just, I think that's 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 really important to know, even if he's not, even if it's not been as prolific as he has last season, just see how far he's come from last season when he was just seemed like an absolute well to many seemed like an absolute donkey but when he actually arrived and he, well he, he couldn't score I was still so impressed with his 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 link up play and his work outside the box or uh, even inside the box to to create space and that's that's kind of just just improved when Doyle doesn't play our uh, Hibs Hibs worst team I do think so and I fear I fear he may be the hero on Saturday against St Johnston. <laughs> Who's your next pick at number nine? Next pick at number nine is Lee Griffiths. Ah, again, I've got him just a bit higher. Yeah, so again, it's similar to Defoe. Uh, both of those players on talent alone should be so much higher up. Defoe, because basically wasn't needed as much for Rangers, whereas Griffiths... Um, so obviously something's up there that he's his impact on the team has been has, has been very little. He is not essentially he's not been trusted, and yeah. that is that is why that well basically that's gone against him and why he's been pushed down. Why he's ahead, slightly ahead of Defoe? Just, just I think when you break it down in terms of um, I don't know. They're basically, they're just it's a toss up. I really like Griffiths. I just I do think if he was to be uh, plonked into Aberdeen or Hibs or whoever, he'll still score goals. Still score goals at an alarming rate. And I think I don't know if what swayed me was I think uh, Griffiths has been for the minutes he's been on the pitch been more prolific than Defoe. Um, no, don't believe that's the case. Maybe in oh. the league. In the league, yes. Yeah, so I've just been I've just been looking at the league. Right, okay. I, I think I included Cup as well, which maybe I shouldn't have done because Defoe's played against some pish and <laughs> these Rangers kind of beat teams in the cups. So yeah, I've, I've, I was I was looking. Uh, that's what I think. That's what uh, that's what kind of swayed me was. Um, so yeah, in, in all that, competitions, Defoe is second. The goals per ninety and Griffiths is fourth. In all competitions in Scotland, I should say, not including Europe. Yeah, and in uh, in the league, it is. Um, Oh, that's uh, that's Robert Lewandowski. He doesn't play in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, my friend. Not yet. Oh no, I 
I'm mistaken. I probably should uh, move him around, but uh, Defoe is actually third, uh, third in the league for uh, goals per 90 minutes. I don't know if it was, if it was just uh, when I was flicking through and just looking at the diff, like uh, assists assist per 90 or something. But for some reason, I've, I've went for Griffiths uh, ahead of Defoe. You could easily change them around and I'm not going to be overly bothered. The thing is, about, like, just go back to Defoe and, Defoe and Griffiths should be higher up. They just, but they've, they've not been as important Um first team members as those above them in the list and that's why they are where they are Griffiths has been given more opportunities but squandered those opportunities and you just I had when it comes to them I've got the forehead of Griffiths by one place uh, but the reason why I went for Tuma is just because if you're it was just something I heard on it was 20 minute Tim's I was listening to where they were talking about the difference between like Jermaine Defoe's 38 years old scored against Celtic he's somebody that like just loves playing football so much that wanted to prolong his career as much as possible. Went on a like altered his diet. I think he's went vegan, hasn't he? Uh, oh, to, he's, yeah, he certainly was at one point. Uh, yeah, to, to prolong him, you see him thirty years old. He's still in such great physical condition, and then you look at Lee Griffiths, and you literally just have to look at him. Like he's obviously thinner than me. He might be thinner than you. I don't know. I don't know if that's po- I don't know if that's possible. You, you're a very ripped man, Joe, but. Like for a footballer, he's obviously carrying more weight than he should do, and it's easy just to compare by looking at him this season to looking at him like two years ago. And when you can't count on somebody to keep himself, and he's saying like, "Oh no, I need games to play myself." <laughs> oh shit! Like you train like you train five times a week. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> you don't need games to get yourself fit. You should be naturally fit. You need games for match sharpness. Mm. But you don't need games for like necessarily fitness, and it's it's clear to see that he is not that fit. And if that's so, if he that's, w- and, and with, with other players, or maybe give them the benefit of like, a hard season for Celtic and stuff. But with Griffiths, it's just kind of there is just a perception that this is just the way he's going to be. So he was the he was a, he was my glaring omission when I had Chris Kane. Okay, <laughs> Griffiths was my glaring omission, and when I had to put him in, so like I said, I I, I put him in because I was I, I thought that scene. That he, he was at a better uh, goals per ninety minute ratio than than Jermaine Defoe when I looked when I've looked before, but obviously that's not the case. So, um, so apologies, Rangers fans. Well, let, let's switch them around. Defoe's nine, Griffiths is ten. Okay, so you're making a change in the fly, right? Hang on a second. Yeah. Uh, I need to like I said, they both are. It was a it was a flop. Right. So Griffiths was your number 10, Defoe's your number 9. My number 9 is Motherwell striker Devante Cole. Yes, I have got him just slightly higher up. Right, Cole is somebody who's yet to kind of... I still think somebody who's yet to put it all together. But he's... Because he's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's a good technical player, he can score goals. Uh, But he doesn't... You know, he doesn't dominate as often as he maybe should... He doesn't. He's, he maybe doesn't score as many goals as he should, and you're still kind of waiting for somebody of his talents to have like a, a proper breakout season where he, he's one of these players on a quote unquote provincial club. I know what provincial means outside the capital, but in Scottish football, you know, you know what we're meaning. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, you're waiting for him to be one of those guys that just kind of emerges one season and bangs in twenty odd goals and gets like a Player of the Year nomination, and then possibly even gets in a fight and gets arrested after he wins Player of the Year. You don't, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Could make it a tradition at, at Far Park. But he's still, yeah, like I say, he's just got all the kind of skills. And he's had a, especially since January, he's had a very good season. 
So basically, since Alexander came in, he really kind of took his yeah. play up a level where he was kind of trusted to be the, the number nine and not kind of rotated around with the rest of the strikers. Like, Yeah, that that's a big thing. He's, he's, uh, Alexander's basically given him... And I don't think that's a surprise he's had an upturn in form because he's been given a consistent position. And I think, especially with... I mean, when I say especially with a striker, I think there's various positions you can say this about, but with a striker that if you know going into a game that you are your first choice, you're going to be number nine, uh, I think that does something for you mentally that makes it easier. Well, it's easier for you to prepare um, just basically on, on, on being that threat, that goal-scoring threat. And you see his first, uh, up until... Uh, up until the start of January, he had scored one league goal, and then since then he has scored eleven. Yeah, uh, sorry, for, uh, sorry, ten. He's also got the best shot accuracy of any forward looked at. Which is... he's got the best shot accuracy in the league. Well, I imagine so. I just said what yeah. looked at, just in case yeah. there was some fucking arsehole that did the ball look at their stats because <laughs> I thought they were useless, but they were just weirdly good at hitting shots. Uh, so yeah. Best shot I can see in the league. So that's that's got uh, you quite high on any list. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, having um, so he was he's one of only two players with uh, as you've hit the hit the um, hit the target like one every two shots. Yeah, right. Who's your number eight? So we've talked about uh, Deutsch. Deutsch. Right. My number eight is Griffiths. So don't really add much there. Who's your number seven? My number seven is Davantico. <laughs> it's a quick podcast it might be eh? my number seven is Jermaine Defoe <laughs> uh, <laughs> just on just just on Devante Cole I mean, you, you mentioned about him having a break uh, breakthrough season just I mean he's a breakthrough season he's 26 uh, having him ahead of having him ahead of Griffiths and Defoe is quite bold I mean, but I've explained my Griffiths and Defoe one is just yeah. because they've uh, they're not as they're not as important. So, so with I did I didn't want to just make it basically one to six off Celtic and Rangers players. Yeah, okay. which, I, I, was um, kinda, I was kind of thinking you take Devante Cole and you put him on the Rangers, then you get better than you get from the Defoe. Eh, probably not. Do you, you put him and you you take him and you put him on to Celtic? Do you get more than Griffiths again with? with Celtic struggled as much as they are this season. Again, probably not. If, if, just, 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 just. If, if, if Hibs, if Hibs had the option to sign somebody for next season, uh, and was Nisbet maybe going, they probably will be in the market for another forward. If they're given the option of, of signing Griffiths and Devante Cole, and who's likely to have the better season next term? Again, probably Griffiths. That's so. I, mean, I, would, I would just like to reiterate that if Hearts were offered. Uh, Devante Cole, Jermaine Defoe, or, or or like Lee Griffiths, I'd I'd be looking to try and sign Jermaine Defoe and Lee Griffiths because yes, they are better players to play, and of course to play for better teams. But I had I wanted to just didn't want to I wanted to put a couple of Celtic Rangers players down like so it, it wasn't just a case of old firm heavy towards the top end and Defoe and Griffiths were the easiest just because so Defoe uh, just didn't have to be the important player. Um, like others have to be in the league, like Cole for Motherwell, just because they had Morelos on roof. And then Griffiths simply, be, uh, so he was left off uh, the list completely just because he has clearly not been trusted at Celtic by two managers. Yeah. Okay, number six. My number six is Kevin Nisbet. Same. Uh, I think we're, from, from, what you said, from what you said at the start, we're going to have a different top three, but I think the next two players, maybe even three, might all be the same. 
Yeah. Uh, to be fair, back go back to October, November, maybe even start of December, Nisbet uh, would probably have been pushing for top three. Yeah. But he's, uh, again, everyone knows what happened in January with the, the transfer thingies. And then it just uh, is kind of is, uh, consistency, important steps started to, started to wane. I still think he is, uh, I still think he's a fabulous player and really jealous of Hibs picked him up for six figures from Dunfermline at the start of the season. There's there's so much to like, uh, like about him. One of my um, favourite performances from him was actually in a defeat to Celtic at uh, Parkhead. He just on both, he, he, he came the ball so well. He was involved. He was a striker who wants to be involved with Lincoln playing. Again, when you go to, when you go old firm as, um, as an opposition and you need that striker who's willing to, is willing to take the ball in confidently. But also he was, he wanted to then spin in behind and there's two or three occasions Hibs just dropped the ball over Shane Duffy and Nisbet just, uh, just ran riot. Albeit Celtic did win in the end. He's, yeah, he's, a great goal, well, a good goal scorer at this level. Somebody who could score goals, who gets good chances, uh, somebody who is, is involved in the game as well. Not one of these kind of forwards that kind of drifts out of it because he, he's also quite good as as well. He's not actually it's actually surprisingly decent in the air for somebody you didn't think would be. Um, he, he doesn't give the ball away an awful lot for a forward, which is is quite impressive, and he's very good as well at beating. Beating defenders kind of off the dribble in, in tight areas, so kind of squaring up some a, a defender near the penalty box and managing and manoeuvre around them, uh, which is, is always a good skill to have if you're a forward. Um, just a bigger <laughs> uh, recoveries. He was in the top t- bottom t- ten, so maybe that's uh, maybe that's John Codds' lazy player <laughs> accusation coming mm-hmm. out there. <laughs> but obviously, he's not a lazy player in that criticism. No, a- absolutely, absolutely not. Uh, the thing is, there's. You can you can talk about uh, least player. There's uh, strikers maybe not pounding, harassing defenders to win the ball back. But when you when you see Hibs when they have the ball, Nisbet is so far from a lazy player because he he works his arse off to make himself available for the team and he, he shows so much bravery to want the ball, especially in deep positions. Like I think he's been really good for Porteous, for example, or the, the Hibs defence that they're able to play the ball out of uh, out from the back on the ground because he is willing to come uh, come deep, even if he's been pressured to take the ball confidently and turn players. And I think that's been uh, that's been big, and the fact that he is. Uh, it's not been. I think he scored eighteen goals in. No, no, sorry, uh, fourteen goals in the league. And it's not not the case of being like a flat track uh, bully. He's obviously scored a hat trick against Levy, but he scored uh, in game. He scored twice against Celtic, and he scored against Rangers as well. Right, four Who times against Levy. Who's your number five? My number five is the player I tip to be player of the season for this campaign, Mohamed El Yunusi. Oh wow! I have him a lot higher. Oh really? Yeah. What the, he, what the yes, fuck? We should beef with him more. <laughs> you see, if there was a player in the entirety of uh, Scottish, uh, sorry, El Yunusi is the player in the entirety of Scottish football who probably frustrates me the most because I think that he uh, should be the best player in the Premiership. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that, but I still think he's had. I still think he's had a very good season on a team that's not any good, and I think he deserves bonus points for that. When you're 
when the, the team you're played on is kind of dysfunctioning on, on most weeks, but you're still managing to, I think over the course of the season, he's hit, what, 20 goals in all competitions? Uh, he's a good crosser of the ball. He's, uh, well, not good. He's decent for a forward. Um, he, he's good in the air. He's good. He's very creative. He's kind of one of the most creative forwards in the league. Uh, he's good at beating players. He's good at running with the ball. He's good at shooting. Gets a lot of touches in the box. Um, yes, he does have games where he just kind of disappears and looks like he can't be arsed. But even stuff like, of all the forwards I looked at, he's like third for interception. So he does he does win the ball back in high areas. He can do a bit of pressing. Um, he's pretty much the total package. So he's only yes. scored ten goals in the league. Uh, this is this is a player who is who is a genuine genuine quality player. He should be tearing. Even ignore ignore Celtic struggles. Just on an individual level, he should be tearing teams apart single handedly at times, and uh, he doesn't do that. I just don't think he's he's consistent. He's, he's not being consistent enough to uh, to warrant a place any higher than where I've got him in the, in, the, in in my list. I think disagree. I think he's been more consistent this season. Uh, and you said he's only got ten goals in the league. That's that's cherry picking a wee bit because he has got eighteen in all competitions. So that's pretty eighteen goals in all competitions. Is pretty fe- impressive for a guy who, for the most part, plays on the left. Yeah, but we're we're, we're talking about the um, the best in the Premiership. <laughs> but he's, still, he's playing in the Premiership. But he can still count European games for fuck's sake. <laughs> No, I, I just, uh, he just, I, I really like, I like, I, I can't really enough how, how much I like him as a player, as a, kind of, as a, as a talent, but he just, um, he is probably the one player in, in the entire country who is, who is kind of always leaves me wanting more. Right, two, right, my number five is Martin Boyle. He's uh, my number four. Right. Uh, best player in the league outside of Celtic Rangers, which uh, Tony said before, and I think I completely agree with. It's it's hard to even make a case for anybody else. Uh, again, the versatility on him is outrageous. The fact he can play very well at ring back, at ring back, the fuck, right wing back, right midfield, uh, number ten, or a forward. Like the, the, his pace is incredible. His dribbling ability is incredible. He's for a kind of out and out speedster. His crossing isn't even that bad. Uh, typically, you get guys who in, in Scotland. Typically, you get guys who are very fast but can't cross the ball because if they had both, then they'd be shit. Like they wouldn't be playing in Scotland. Uh, but Martin Boyle somehow manages to combine both of them and still be here. Uh, he scores goals and he works kind of very hard for the team as well. Wins a lot of fouls. Doesn't give the ball away as often for a winger, which is quite mad and. Uh, even passing wise isn't too bad either. Uh, no, actually, he's passing shit. Sorry, that was, I'll take that one back. Um, yeah, he's, he's passing. He's, he can sometimes give up position a little bit slackly in terms of his passing. Um, but uh, that and his aerial ability is really the only knock on him. And his aerial ability, I mean, the guy must be about what, 5'9 or 5'10 or something. His nickname's Squirrel, for fuck's sake. So yeah. you wouldn't imagine that he'd, um, he'd be very good in the air. Can't, I can't add much to it. He has. He's one of the best stories, I think, in Scottish football uh, over the last few years in terms of his kind of just a general on-field on-field progress. Uh, he turned from a, a, a inconsistent, uh, just flying machine to a, 
destructive force at the top end of, of Scottish football. Really disappointed that he's not going to the Copa America. With, well, disappointed Australia not going to the Copa America because they've been class this year against um, the who's who of South American football. Oh, but everything, just everything about him always comes back to his pace. It's just, it's just so devastating and he is a very, very good player. Another who's primed to tear it up on Saturday. Right, my number... F- so your number four is Martin Boyle as well. My number yep. four is Mohamed El Yunusi. Uh, number three... So you, hold on, you were giving me stick for El Yunusi being fifth and you got him fourth. I had him third originally, but I've moved him around. I'm shut it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I looked at the goals. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I kind of... I checked, I double checked the goal stats again just while you were talking. And uh, it was like, El Yunusi's played 54 games and scored 18 goals. And the next player, the player I had slightly behind him on the list, had played 36 games, I think, and scored eight, 38 games, I think, and scored 18 goals. So that's a much better goals per game uh, ratio. So then I moved them around off the back of that. But it was very close. And I do actually think that El Yunusi is the more talented player overall. Probably, I, I agree. Probably the best player overall, uh, the two. But um, considering that the seasons have both had, and the fact that I think Elliot has been better this season than he was last season, and if this player's had a better season than him in Scottish football, you kind of have to say that he's better. So my number three ahead of Elliot Nussi, and I guess you've got the same, is Kamar Roof. Yes, yes. When... when... He, did, he did have a spell, though. He had a spell of about two months when he really barely done anything. Yeah, even I think even recently he wasn't he getting some stick even recently from from Rangers fans. Yeah, uh, I, I believe or he was he was he was getting, certainly getting some criticism of late, and he was scored against oh, off the top of my head. And it was he scored against Celtic, wasn't it? Yes, he scored twice. Yes, yeah, sorry, twice against Celtic uh, recently, and I think there was uh, kind of in the in the build up to that game. I think the, he, did, he was getting a wee bit of stick, but. When Rangers were in talks with him, that's like uh, the ideal ideal sign. Whether it was going to be a case of Morelos leaving or him to uh, him to come in and play with Morelos, because that's that's a big thing I, I like about him is his versatility and kind of look at him as like right, he's just going to be a, a number nine. But no, he can play uh, he can play as a wide forward or in one of those one of those ten positions that uh, Rangers have have utilized utilized so much. Yep, that's yeah. I mean, he's he's very good at well. We've seen like, despite his inconsistency, he's a, a good goal scorer. Somebody who works well from the front. Somebody who can carry the ball as well. Uh, again, a wee bit of versatility. The fact that he can play. Th- I think he'd obviously rather prefer to play through the centre. I'd be interested to see if he does that next year uh, if Morelos goes. Um, but. Obviously, some of the goals he scored as well. <laughs> you have to bring it up. The shot for the halfway line is just ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, for a, a forward, doesn't uh, doesn't another one who doesn't really give the ball away as cheaply as some other forwards can do, uh, including somebody who's ahead of. I've, we've both got ahead of him on this list. He one thing is probably held Roof back from making even more of an impact it comes back to his, his injury issues which have plagued him for a couple of seasons now yeah that he does when you when you look at him he's, he's quite patchy I think he had a really good spell between November and December and then didn't score again until I think it was April again that's a, a big part of that 
uh, stat is the fact that he was he, he missed he, he missed games through injury and and suspension. Uh, but with with the money and especially if say Morelos goes and Ruth kind of has to step up, he needs to be uh, he needs to be available for them. He needs to be yeah. available for them. But there's there's no doubt he has the as a talent, the, tel- uh, the, the, the intelligence, the the, the the technique, the pace, the power to, to succeed. Right. Who is your number two? There's only going to be one person, and that's Odson Edward. <laughs> My number two is Alfredo Morelos. I, 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 will, I will die on the Colombian hill. <laughs> I mean, for entertainment, for entertainment alone and for who I enjoy watching the most, it's definitely, it's undoubtedly Morelos. He's got to be number one and that stakes. But in terms of the best player, I think it says a lot that, well, it's basically me, nobody else, I just think nobody else cares. Remember we were doing like the best player in Scottish football and we had Edward. Edward won the title about two years ago. And nobody's passed him since. Like nobody's nobody's been good enough, despite Odson Edward having an off year by his standards and an off year by Odson Edward's standards. I think he still scored over twenty goals. And there's just still nobody really come to the fore that's been like, oh yeah, he's better than him. We, we, we should have a podcast talking about whether this player is now better than Odson Edward is the best player in Scottish football. Still doesn't exist. Like there's, there's no Morelos is great. I don't think last year we had Edward better Morelos. I don't think that. Edward has fallen off a bit this year and he's obviously frustrated Celtic fans. He, had, he went through a, a massive period where he didn't score a goal from open play in Scottish football, but he, to be fair, he was still scoring them in Europe, uh, sometimes against a higher standard of player. Um, but I, I still don't think there's been enough of a shift to say that Morelos is better than Edward. But yes, for, for true entertainment, definitely Morelos. If I was an English club and I wanted to sign one of them, I would sign Edward. Um, I, I, don't, I, I really don't want to sound like I, I really don't want to sound uh, like you know one of those one of those pundits with uh, like when like Charlie Nicholas slagging him slagging Edward for his, uh, his his lack of celebration, but with Morelos for me it's that I don't know how to how to explain it and uh, probably they just the dig the dig because I was just going to uh, thumb my arm forward that it just seems more engaged yes he, de- he definitely does I mean Edward's certainly got a more language still but let's not also forget as well that Morelos could go fucking mental and be a, pout, <laughs> yeah. Be a, yeah, a petty and to... pouting little prick when things are not going his way and things have been going his way quite a lot this season because things have been going quite a lot that way for Rangers and again if you, if you swap again to use this kind of line of thinking if you swap the two players Edward probably has a, a better season this season for Celtic uh, than Morelos does. It. Sorry, Edward probably has a better season for Rangers than Morelos does. And Morelos is just another player part of that absolutely shit show at Celtic Park. That would be, that would be funny to see. Uh, uh, a diff- <laughs> they should, a different they should do it sometimes. I've said it so many times during these, uh, these podcasts this season that they, they should just do a couple of swap deals for a laugh and see how they get on. Lee Griffiths and Alfredo Morelos is your, uh, your strike force. <laughs> They are not passing. <laughs> They're not talking to each other once. No, no, I, I completely understand that. I think when it comes to when it comes to Morelos and Edward, I think there's very much a personal preference. Uh, it's your it's it's Scottish football's Messi and Ronaldo uh, comparison. Yeah. Um, Edward is he's so good to so so good to watch, especially when he's, you know. 
he, he gets moments where, you know, in the airport where, uh, where you're, you're going to your gate and you can either get the choice of walking or going on like the, um, like the flat kind of escalator. Yeah. It's when like Edward, when he plays, like he's walking, he's stood on that escalator, but it's going really fast. That's like when he's, when he's be- at his best, he just looks like he's, he just glides as if uh, just effortless. And on on their day in terms of better uh, better player, Edward more devastating player. I think uh, Morelos could run on his day uh, the best centre backs backs ragged. So it's always a case from Morelos and Edward. There's uh, for me not much between them, but I just I just prefer uh, the, the Colombian nutcase. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Right, so you're number two. Is Edward your number one? Is Morelos my number two? Is Morelos my number one? Is Edward? So to, to come up with a definitive list, we're going to have to do rock, paper, scissors again. Fine. For the well, last time. That's a fitting way to end it. Right. So on three again, right? Yep. Right. One, two, three. Oh, we need to go again. Two scissors. Right. One, two, three. Yes. Paper beats rock. it. Once again, Edward is number one. Don't worry, Alfredo. <laughs> uh, you were the first two of those. I think I won the last two. We didn't need one for attacking mid. Right, so that means the definitive top 10. So I've got rid of Scott Robinson. Uh, put Glenn Shanklin at number 12. That was the only, really, that was the only variance we had in, in terms of who actually made our, our 12. Uh, for that point forward, it is number 11, Kyle Lafferty. Number 10, Christian Dodge. Eight, nine, Lee Griffiths. Eight, Jermaine Defoe. Seven, Defante Cole. Six, Kevin Nisbet. Five, Mohamed El Yunusi. Four, Martin Boyle. Three, Kamar Roof. Two, Alfredo Morelos. And one, Odson Edward. Any of that you want to disagree with? Uh, so who did you say? So uh, Defoe, was before, uh, Defoe was higher up than Griffiths, yeah? Yes. Yeah, that's fine. Right, that's fine. Sorted. Right, thank Not you very much that. for everybody listening to these shows. Uh, as you will know, there's quite a lot going up on the, the Patreon this week with uh, Telfer and Sean doing their uh, instant reactions to the playoff finals. We'll have another one tonight's show after the first leg of the Premiership playoff. That will not, Sean will not be on that one, uh, but hopefully, unless uh, things go, go badly, we should be having uh, Telfer and uh, Craig Anderson, I think, is on uh, tonight's show. Uh, so that's on the Patreon. That'll be, again, the £2 one, but there's there's going to be loads of other ones on, on the £5 tier. Uh, basically, every every single Premiership final, um, we've not yet confirmed... Premiership final? Every, do you mean playoff final? Sorry, every single playoff final. We've not yet confirmed this, uh, but Joel, you could possibly be on a Saturday podcast immediately after the Scottish Cup final with, with Tom Watt. Not, not just that, just not just that, then the Monday where we review this, uh, the Scottish Cup final again with Sean. <laughs> Yes. So I could be help. Yeah, that could be fun. Uh, there's a late one as well, Monday, because you also have to wait for the playoff final to finish. Yeah. Yeah. So you're a very tired, emotional man. You could be by that point. Uh, no, yeah, so either, that- either way, so next day uh, on Saturday, it's a case of um, crying into a mic or rushing through a podcast so I can go out and celebrate. <laughs> so if you'd like to hear that and everything else uh, that I've mentioned it's patreon.com forward slash tennis podcast and uh, as I've alluded to as well there's certain tiers you can set up to in terms of how much access you want and I think that's it Joe say goodbye goodbye and I am Craig Fowler say goodbye and uh, I hope you enjoy your football this weekend unless I, I you're do- a Hibs fan 
Oh, absolutely! I can, uh, I, I, I can fucking second that. I <laughs> know. Uh, just, just on, I meant to say it's after these, after we do these uh, podcasts, and you put them up, and you go onto Twitter, and you got like ten plus notifications. Like, oh no, get just get an absolute bombardment of a stick. So I, I expect that. I have given up uh, posting the lists after we, we've done them. We're just like, oh, fucking, can't be asked. <laughs> get abused by fucking nobodies. Fuck off. <laughs> Right, cheers, Joe. Bye bye. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.